When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. All right, here's the deal. Throw down $5 on these final four games. If you're a new customer, you get $200 in free plays. That simple, that easy. All right, with Anthony Gimino, I am Mike Luke. Hello, Anthony. How are you doing today? Good, Mike. Thanks for having me. And why am I here? Anthony, you're here because you're a man, you're a man of modesty. But you know what? Now that you're uh you're in the real world, not covering sports. You're still watching from a distance. And you know what? We like to be able to pick Anthony's brain from time to time. Well, fire away. All right. Well, you know, and you know what? This is the first thing that, uh, this is the first thing somebody asked. Oh, oh go on. <laughs> <laughs> All well, right. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get okay. To that. We will. We definitely. Nice I don't know. It's up to you. I got a couple Tony's takes for you. Well, all right. First of all, let's talk some a little bit of U of A basketball. You've been around also the athletic department, not in a current status, but, you know, watching from afar. And I want to get that as well. But first and foremost, I know everybody's bummed that the U of A lost in the Sweet 16 for sure. But, Anthony, the further and further we get away from that, this to me is still a season that this was an A-plus all the way around, and I think it restored Arizona basketball, at least in the national conscious and in a and in a way that at least I grew up watching and kind of a style that I grew up watching. What say you? Right. I mean, we're all – we can all be disappointed that here it is. You know, we're, we're not watching Arizona in the Final Four instead of watching these other teams that we don't really care about. Right. Um, but can uh, – on the other side, and I don't think we can be disappointed in the team um, because they did. You know, the, the the stuff they did, you put in the record books, mm-hmm. the regular season title, the the Pac-12 conference tournament title, the number one seed, and but just the attitude, the atmosphere, everything changed around Arizona basketball because the last few years were horrible. 
Correct. Um, so this is a team that restored the joy to it. Um, mm-hmm. I think people connect with Tommy Lloyd. Um, he's a guy I think, as opposed Sean Miller ended up being very divisive. Correct. Wish him well at Xavier, great, but I think at Arizona at the end, he couldn't do the job he needed to do at Arizona. Tommy Lloyd can. And so whether that's a style of play or just just how that team seemed to enjoy playing together, yeah, that was that was the fun part to watch. Right. Anything else, you know, like and we've talked about this a lot. You know, once you get I usually say once you get to the Elite Eight, great, then you just take your chances. Mm-hmm. Turns out this year, especially the way the field ended up being, right? That, um, you know that regional Arizona Houston should have been a regional final. Correct. Houston's a tough draw in the Sweet <laughs> yeah, Sixteen. Yeah, we talked about that before the tournament. I right. know you had talked about it with uh, Schuster and Shear too. I think right. we all agreed that when you looked at Arizona's path and the bracket, that the toughest matchup in that whole side was going to be Houston. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, and that that's what turned out to be true. Real quick, a couple people mentioning about Sean Miller. I think Miller is a good fit at Xavier. I think yeah. that's more his speed. I think that's a good hire. I think it's a good fit on both sides. I think you know Miller. I have again. I wish him nothing but the best at Xavier. I don't have any you know personal animus towards him. Right. Not like he ever came over and kicked my dog or anything. I just didn't think he was the right guy to continue right. on at Arizona. Tommy so, Lloyd he can do what he did. He can get those high three-star guys, develop them over three to four years, get a bunch of grinders, some tough guys. That style still plays there. You know what's so fun about this, though? And you got to cover, obviously, you were – I think it's fair to say that you were you – were fr- you're a journalist. You're a professional, so I don't want to step out of bounds. But I think it's fair to say that you and Lute Olson are friends or were friends. Is that fair to say? Friendly. Friendly. Uh, I would say after his coaching mm-hmm. career more – Correct. Um, there, there probably was some times, especially near the end, where um, I don't think he uh, really wanted to talk to me too much. But um, certainly, certainly nothing like some of the history he had with uh, some of the fellows over at the Daily Star. Right. But when, yeah, afterwards, sure. When you when I think of Arizona basketball, and that's why the Sean Miller era was just such a different era for me. Because when I thought of Arizona basketball, it was far more of a up and down thing. You watched the guys out there. You felt you knew the players. It was a. It was just far more of a community feel. And I'm not saying that Tommy Lloyd is Lute Olson in that regard, but that was the Arizona basketball that I at least grew up watching. Did it look far more akin to something that you grew that you grew up covering that you <laughs> that you that you were covering? Uh, yeah, I would. I would say so. The uh, now the style wise, of course, you know, if Sean Miller had gotten won a couple more games in a regional final and benches mm-hmm. in final fours. I don't think anybody would really care about what style he played. True. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to kill him for that. There's a lot of ways to do it. And right now you look at this particular NCAA tournament, defense rules. I right. don't know if that's the one year thing or is that's going to be more of a trend, but right now it's those teams that can really lock down, get after you on defense are the ones that are, are advancing. Mm-hmm. But the, the one thing you mentioned there about you felt like you got to know the guys. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly after uh, after our pal Kevin O'Neill, who uh, you might recall had an open locker room. In that right. one year he was interim head coach. He had an open locker room. 
Kevin O'Neill put, here's how crazy KO was. He put his phone number out to the national media during a press conference. That's yeah, I mean, he did that multiple times. He did right. that when he got hired at USC, too. And and I remember a couple of USC writers texted me, like, is this guy real? Is it is this phone number real? And I, and I double-checked, and I'm like, yeah, that's his, that's that's phone his number. <laughs> so, but his, his whole goal, um, you know, that, that one year, he had just come from the NBA, of course, and he was going to treat the guys like men. Basically, mm-hmm. it was what what he that was his philosophy. Right. So open locker room. So you you got to talk to uh, a bunch of different guys. You got to talk to the assistant coaches, and all that got shut down in the Sean Miller era. It was here's your thirty minute press conference. Everybody gets the same information, the same quotes, the same feature stories. And this year we saw Arizona basketball kind of take a step back from that where they had more open sessions. They had guys you could, you had more access to players. I mean, you could call up and get a guy on your show, right? Well, I'll give you an example. Great. I'll give you a perfect example. I was able to have on, and I said, I give a massive tip of the cap to uh, coach Lloyd, to uh, uh, Nate, all those people. I had on Christian Coloco, Ben Matherin and Dalen Terry, and I could have probably on, had on whoever I wanted, and they just said, "Sure, what time you want them?" It was just such a yeah. a blast. And it wasn't in just in the Sean Miller years; all that stuff was reserved for the national media and the Jeff Goodmans of the world. Correct, which is great. That's how Sean wanted to do it. You know, he had probably certain relationships he wanted to do, and he was trying to get the biggest bang for his buck if uh, he had to make concessions in terms of players' times or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I thought, I thought this team. Even though, um, you know, it was still one year. Most of these guys have been here for, for two years. Right. But I did feel that we got to know these guys, their personal stories, a lot better than the Aaron Gordons or the Stanley Johnsons or guys like that. Was it you that told me or was it – I think it was you that – or maybe it wasn't, but it doesn't really matter. When you said – when uh, DeAndre Ayton uh, at the NCAA or was open to the public to talk or something, everyone's like, wow, this kid's really engaging. Wow, wish we had gotten to know this guy. We always – yeah, we always got that, whether that was um, – you know, I can't even remember. I mean, even guys like uh, Parker Jackson Cartwright, mm-hmm. you know? You got him in a in the locker room, sitting by his locker after the game or after a win, and um, he could be quite funny. Uh, right? Yeah, there were there are always a bunch of guys like that, or some guys who are like, "Oh, that's what his voice sounds like." <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you never really had a chance to hear him speak during the year. The thing that I like about Tommy Lloyd and um, going and being able to cover them up close and uh, you know in San Diego and at the Pac-12 tournament and whatnot, I love his demeanor. In that there's sort of, I'm I'm not opposed I'm not a I'm not a swearing guy it's not really my thing but whatever I I get that that's that's the way it is but when you watch him he can be tough but he definitely gets it though his mannerisms this team played loose this team played free and even when Arizona was down against TCU with uh, what uh, down what gosh six with about four minutes left something like that. He didn't change his style. He didn't start calling a bunch of timeouts. He just let the guys go. And it just, I just remember sitting there uh, looking and I'm like, man, this is one cool dude right here. Yeah. I, can, I mean, how many times can you recall him? Okay. Maybe the other team's like on a little 8 0 run, but it's kind of close to the media timeout. And he just let him play until mm-hmm. they got to a natural timeout. There's been some uh, recent coaches here 
who would call that timeout right away, even if it was like at 16.02 left on the clock and you knew the next stop was going to get you a media timeout. Right. And he just let him go, let him go. But that was, we saw that style from the start. It was trust. And I think, you know, by and large, the players responded well to that trust and didn't really violate it too much. You know, they didn't, they didn't go off the rails and, uh, you know, do a bunch of crazy things. Mm-hmm. And, and when they did, okay, Tommy Lloyd might get after him a little bit. And I think as the year went on, he was a, he was much more animated on the sidelines late in the year than early in the year. Right, for sure. And I think that's part of he had developed all the relationships and he could do that. You made a very good point over when you were over here with Schuster and myself probably about a month and a half ago that I wanted to get to in this next segment. A very good point. And it's not that Anthony doesn't make many good points. It's that this point, though, really stuck with me, and I pretty much took with, took it pretty much all, all season. But first and foremost, Anthony, have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX? Never. All right. Never. So you might be, you might be saying to yourself, all right, Got the final four coming on right here, okay? I've never been on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. If I throw down $5 on these games, let's say that I'm rooting for Duke. I don't know why you would be rooting for Duke, but let's say you're rooting for Duke. You put down 5 bucks and you get $200 back in free plays if Duke wins. You might be saying, Mike, it can't be that simple. It can't be that easy. It is that simple and it is that easy. You've just got to be 21 and up, Arizona only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's it's that simple, that easy. All right. You were over here, I don't know, about a month ago. Anthony, just so everybody out here knows, is one of the nicest people in the world. Not that he was, not that you didn't know that. Anthony has my, and I don't have him around right now, but Anthony has given me so much cool stuff over the years. I have a Barry Bonds autographed plate to give you an example of uh, that, uh, that AG gave me. But he was over here with Schuster, and he said, he was talking about the athletic department and he said, man, he says, things just feel a lot different at this time at right now than they did at last this time last year. And you got to remember when he said that too, it's at this time last year, Sean Miller had just been blown out. Tommy Lloyd's coming in. We're coming off a 70 to seven loss to ASU and nobody really knows what the heck's going on there. And it just feels Anthony that you were uh, your, your point there is that things feel on much more solid footing right now. Yeah, I kind of had a, a similar discussion just a couple of weeks ago with your boss, Saul Bookman. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Saul's about, right there, by the way. There he is. Look at that. He's got a comment right there. The right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, just how you know, we were talking about how um, even in the years we were doing radio, Mike, mm-hmm. those, were, those were tough years because access was – very limited. You had, uh, whether that was, uh, the head football coach, the head basketball coach, um, whatever it would, it, it felt like the university was really closing, closing ranks and not making themselves available, not only to the media because, you know, public for, you know, who cares, but by extension, the public. Right. Um, so now you've got, uh, jet fish and, you know, not only is he much more accessible to the media with his assistants and his players, but go to practice. Mm-hmm. You know, very, very much open, um, very much a fans program. Remember, that's something I've been saying for years. Right. That football needs to be, if basketball, if Sean Miller wanted to brand basketball as the players program, 
football needs to be the fans program. Yes. Make make that make the community which hasn't been engaged because Arizona hasn't been winning. Make them engage in the players at least, and then you're you, then you've got the foundation for when they hopefully start to win. You know what's great about it too is I've I've been able to go to a few of the spring practices. Obviously, the cool thing about it is, and Anthony, I know you haven't been, but if mm-hmm. I promise not to go to, if I promise, but if I promise not to go to a specific one, will you promise that you will go to that one? Well, are you going to be at the spring game? I will be at the spring game. Uh, yeah, I, I figure I, I got to go to the spring game. You do have to go to the spring game. I, for sure. I, I just got to go to the spring game. A hundred percent. Okay. And uh, but, but yeah, we, totally different vibe. And and part of that is, you know, they're just not so full of themselves. That's probably not the right way to put it. You know what it is? It's not like they were Arizona Athletics for several years was acting like, yeah, they're just above everything. They're they were so good they didn't need to bother with anything. Right. I don't know if that makes sense, but they're all—they're all very much more engaged, and that starts with the head coaches. So, so it starts with Fish. It starts with Adia Barnes, who um, you know is so—he's just great and accessible, and mm-hmm. um, and then it goes to Lloyd, and I think Chip Hales, another kind of very chill coach. Right. Uh, we can probably get to Caitlin Lowe in a little bit, and maybe in a Tony's Take segment. We are going to get to, oh, man, this is how well I know Anthony Jamino right there. That was going to be a, that was actually my second Tony's take I was going to throw out there as a question to provoke a take out of you. So, um, but one thing I did want to say, though, and so I am counting on you going to the spring game. That's very exciting because that also means that I can probably lure you in here one more time after the spring game then. Possibly, possibly. Um, but what, what's, and I'm curious to see what you have to say because, when I watch this team this year, and again, I don't expect nine wins. That's definitely not what I'm saying. But there is definitely a different look. When this play, when these players go out onto the field, they look different than they looked the last couple years. Now, again, you're probably saying, well, duh, Mike, I'd hope they were 1-17 the last two years. I'd hope they look a little bit different. But I am very curious to see what you have to say there because especially on the outside – Every receiver feels like they're about six foot four. And when you've got a guy like, you know, Chester Burnett's son, Kean, who in any other year would be the absolute marquee guy in the entire recruiting class. And he's just another really solid recruit out there. It's just a much different feel out there, AG. I'm excited to see what you have to say. Yeah. And I'm excited to see, because I think we talked about after the, after last season, it's like, okay, what do you, what do you really want to see? What's the top priority? It's like, you've got to get size and skill. On the right, because they just didn't have any. So Jacob Cowing to me is the guy I'm, I think I'm most interested in seeing mm-hmm. because he's a easily a top ten receiver in the country. Right, and uh, he's been the best. He's been hands down the best yeah. receiver in practice yeah. for sure. So uh, you know, give me about uh, five weeks, and I can tell you exactly where we uh, rank him in Lindy's mm-hmm. and, and all that good stuff. But uh, certainly already very high on the radar. By the way, I did a very bad job. Anthony, tell people what you're doing for Lindy's right now because I don't think I don't think as many people know as they should. Tell me, tell everyone what you're doing. So, um, as I've done, this is like year twenty or so. Um, as You've been doing it that long? Wow. Yeah, kind of as the senior editor of Lindy's magazine. <laughs> senior. Uh, there, there have been some times where, like, I've been more of the guy to uh, really have the hands on all the rankings and stuff. Mm-hmm. But we've got a collection of a hundred writers across the country who are responsible for feeding me information. Wow! And our staff puts it all together. 
right uh, and of course uh mr lindy davis you know there's a reason why it's called lindy's you get to go hang out with him in the off season don't I, you well he's in birmingham and i've spent i've spent a lot of springs in birmingham <laughs> which is great if you can only spend a week in birmingham that's plenty right you, you get all your barbecue and then you're kind of ready to then you're ready to go. Ready to get back. But, um, you know, this is, it's really, to me, this is a really, it's kind of an American success story. I don't want to oversell it. Oh, do it. It's it. 41st annual college football magazines. Mm-hmm. He's been around long enough that Bear Bryant was on his first cover in 1982. It was the wow. last year, Bear's last year. Gene Stallings. So long. He's been an independent publisher. Now think of think of all the magazines that have come and come and gone in the last right. forty years, and you know all the big, whether that's ESPN, CBS, um, everybody's tried to take a shot at it. Right. But, you know, I think it's I think it's pretty remarkable that he's built a following over forty some years. Gene Stallings was just a young buck when he was getting started with the Lindy's. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, look, look at it that way. This is an interesting question from Ryan Flanagan. This is something else that I was going to ask you about uh, after the spring game. But here's my take on what I've seen from the quarterbacks. First of all, Jaden Delora, you could speak to him a little bit, obviously. He was the Pac-12 freshman of the year two years ago. Very good quarterback, obviously. You don't, you're not a Pac-12 freshman of the year if you're not good. Noah Fafita is a guy that I'm curious to get uh, your view on because here's what I've seen. He's legitimately probably five foot eight. He's not 5'10". He's, he, I look at Noah Fafita, and I'm looking right at him, and yeah. I'm 5'8". Um, but when you watch him, though, he's got a, his arms more than good enough. He has a really good feel for the game, doesn't make bad decisions. The one problem, though, is that, you know, at spring practice at least, the balls do have been batted down at the line of scrimmage a lot, which is always kind of your age-old concern. What do you think about that quarterback situation just from an outsider's point of view right now? Yeah, what what are they? Tell me, what are they listing Delora at? Six foot. He's probably about five eleven. All right, that's fine. I mean, that's that's, that's fine. We've seen right. plenty of college quarterbacks um, play well at that height. We've seen those guys go on to the NFL and play very well at that height. Whether it's uh, Breeze, Russell Wilson, um, whatever you think of Kyler Murray, who's a little bit shorter than that. Um, so that's. That's doable. Five eight is now you get into, into some rare territory. Um, I can't think of anyone. Right now you're thinking of uh, okay, maybe there's been some like uh, military quarterback. quarterbacks. I don't know. Um, Keith Keith Smith was n- certainly no taller than five eight, but he had you know we we know about Keith. He had his arm was never questioned. Correct. Um, he was fast he as hell. He could move. He had good instincts. He had all that. He, you know, later in his Arizona career, he had, you know, some little injuries and then the timeshare with Ortiz. So I don't think he ever really got the full opportunity to show what he could do. And to Keith's detriment is he was ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Um, if he had come around, if if he had been, let's just say if he had come around several years later and had been at West Virginia with Richrod. Right. He would have been the one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. Right. He's a problem. In that, in that read option system, right. he would have been unstoppable. For sure. Um, For sure. So uh, can and Keith, um, Keith and I probably saw pretty close eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And I'm five seven on a really good day. 
I'm about an inch or two taller than Anthony. I feel uh, very good about it. Yeah, you feel good about that. You should. Mm-hmm. Uh, or really, that's a very low bar. So <laughs> Part of the pun, get it? No, it's um, uh, with Fafita. It's definitely rare territory. I'm not going to say it can't be done, right? Uh, because obviously he's got some skills and just. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure you've seen him out in practice. He seems to have some command mm-hmm. for sure, no doubt. Certainly <laughs> interesting seeing that. So, you know, if he has if he has that vision where he can anticipate, work the throwing lanes, get outside, use his feet a little bit, he's going to be probably fine. But it's a little bit harder. All right. Now, something that's not hard is the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Final four is coming up. Anthony, by the way, who do you like in tonight? Who do you like in today's games? We had, I think, uh, Nick Howard wanted your picks, maybe because he's going to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Well, yeah, he can take this any way he wants, but um, (laughs) it just doesn't seem like bad things happen to Coach K. Right. I mean, it would just be – it would be just unfairly – something else that great that happens to him is that he would win the national title in his final year. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to ride with Duke. Yeah. yeah. Who do you like? Kansas Villanova. Kansas, you like? But you know, I kind of faded Kansas a little bit during the tournament because I thought any team with Remy Martin would eventually do something really stupid. Yeah. But so far so good. So I guess I was wrong. More of an indictment on Bobby Hurley than on Remy Martin. Maybe. Yeah. Just putting Maybe. it like that. I'm okay, but tweak your uh, pals there at PHNX. I will. But again, $5, $5 down, $200 if that team wins. That simple, that easy. DraftKings Sportsbook app. All right. Now, by popular demand, before we sign off here, here's how we're going to do this. We've got Tony's takes coming up right here, by the way. What a, uh, what a fantastic picture this is. I really like this. I had nothing to do with it. But Tony's takes. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and I'm going to let you go. All right. First, wow. you, you've been around the softball program a long time. You know all the major p- players. You know Mike Candrea. You know everybody. A lot of people wondering what's going on with softball. What's going on with softball? Uh, well, right now it's really hard to watch. I kept waiting all offseason for them to make some big move with the pitching staff. Um, I don't know if they tried and couldn't get a good transfer in. Um, or if they just thought they could ride with what they have and it would have been kind of good enough. But nothing is – a lot of – almost everything has changed in college softball over 30 years, mm-hmm. except for the fact if you don't have pitching, you can't win. Right. I mean, that's that's basically – Is that it. what it comes down to with this team? They – sure, look at their stats. They can't, they can't get good teams out. Right. I mean, that's just – okay, they're what, 0-7 in conference, and their ERA is – every pitcher's ERA is like over six. Right. So the good news is they do have like the California Gatorade player of the year coming in next year. She has her high school team, number one in the state of California. Um, I'd love to see them add a transfer to that next year. Just re kind of reboot this uh, pitching staff. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I still, I'm not that I've lost faith in Caitlin Lowe and the, and that staff at all. Cause it's early and they put together a great class that they signed in November. Uh, but this year, they can't. There's nothing they can do. If you don't have the pitching, you don't have the pitching, and this year is going to be a wash. All right. Next, Tony's take. What has been your take so far on the first year of the Chip Hale regime here in Tucson? Oh, man, that's a great question, and that's what people say when they don't know the answer because I haven't been paying attention to Arizona well, baseball. Well, but I have been, though. 
Okay, so what is Mike's take? I think it's been done. I think it's done very well. I think that this is a team that um, I don't think that they're a. Uh, I don't think they can win the championship, but I think this is a legitimate top fifteen team nationally, and I think they're going to be that way the entire year. I like Chip Hale. I do. I like the hire when uh, when it happened, and you know he's a guy who wants to be here. And again, it just another of those group of high level coaches at the U of A that are just so comfortable being themselves. For sure, a hundred percent. All right. Another Tony's take. Three. Adia Barnes will make another Final Four in the next four years. Oh, yeah. You can put me down for that. All right. Let me ask you another Tony's take. Adia Barnes will make another Final Four in the next three years. (laughs) Um, Sure. Why not? All right. Are you going to keep going down? (laughs) Yeah. All right. right, So we'll put you at three years in the next three years. Can you give me next two years? I mean, probably not. I mean, just because it's hard to do. Right. Not because I don't have faith in her coaching or recruiting or anything like that, but it's just hard to do, even when you've got a great team. But I would, you know, we we saw those four players under the transfer portal mm-hmm. earlier this week, I think it was. Right. Um, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I think she's, I think one of the problems with last year's team is she had too many players. Mm-hmm. Um, one really thing about Tommy Lloyd's team was that that was a tight eight and sometimes eight and a half man rotation. Right. Um, Adia had really great depth, which is sometimes fine early in the season, but I think near the end of the season there weren't a lot of great defined roles for those bench players. Right. And I don't think that was helpful. I think you're also. I think we're also in an era now with her where, especially with this historic recruiting class coming in here, that. I think you're going to basically be seeing top five to top 10 classes from here on out. I think, you know, last year you obviously had some really good players out there, but you also had some players that just, I don't know that are big time contributors on a top 10 to 12 to 15 program, which I think is what Adia Barnes is getting at. Yeah. And she's so visible out there in the community or in that, you know, the national women's basketball scene. Um, if you watch with the uh, Stanford UConn game, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, ESPNU did like an alternate broadcast and they had uh, um, Diana Tarazi and Jennifer AZ and uh, Sue Bird. Mm-hmm. And then Adia Barnes jumps in. Right. You know, so great, great. Just doing that alternate broadcast of the game and they're just chatting and she's funny and she's engaging and yeah. it's a great national pub. And you're like, if, if there was a recruit watching that, it's easy to think, yeah, I'd like to play for her. All right. One last Tony's take before we sign off right here. Going circling back mm-hmm. to the sport that Anthony made his bones with, football. Anthony, what are you going to be looking for first and foremost at the spring game next Saturday? Well, we talked a little bit about the, you know, the the nice size and skill of the receivers. I think we all know that. Um, I want to see what we have. I want to see how – I want to see the size and the look of the linemen on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, again, there's some possibilities there, but Arizona's history over the last 10, 11, 12 years. Not good. They're just not producing. You know, we, we can look at the record, of course, but they're just not producing any kind of uh, really NFL talent to speak of on either line. And right. you got to have that to, to win big. Right. 
Anthony, can't thank you enough for hopping on here for uh, putting up with me. And you know what? We're going to have you on after the spring game for some observations, some some real Tony's takes. All right, Mike Luke. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. For Anthony Jamino, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.